Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. And remember, if you call up, we pay for your lunch, just like we do. So buy somebody coffee every day and then buy somebody their lunch every day. But you got to call up. So all the people that write on Instagram, I have a question, call. There it is, revivaltoday.com slash broadcast, and you can get on the queue. We don't just take random callers, so we'll contact you. We just need your information, and you Skype in. Not long-distance call, not international call. All you need is strong enough Wi-Fi, and uh, we'll send you 20 U.S. dollars for your lunch, I guess, if you come on with your wife. And then if people are smart, they'll start having their wife, children, children. everybody that you can fit in the frame. We'll we'll do $20 for it. And then we've (laughs) we've been doing a $100 bill pay. Every Friday. Every Friday. How do they register for that? On the same, uh, in the same area, revivaltoday.com forward slash broadcast. So they just like type in their name to register for the gift. Yeah, so we do that. You know, we're a ministry, we have benevolence, and the Bible says we should do good for those, particularly those that are in the household of faith. So we do giveaways at our crusades and all that, but we want to help you as well. What's going on, sir? Nothing that concerns me? All right, good. <laughs> so here's what we've been doing if you're, if you're new to us. On, uh, by the way, on YouTube, are you leaving? No, I'm going to get my iPad so I can take notes. On YouTube, um, I see everybody. Hi, Wendy from Nairobi, Kenya. Tanzania. Yesi, maybe the best coffee in the world. Jessica. Oh, Jessica, good to see you from Houston. That's awesome what happened yesterday with that guy proposing to his... Uh, there was a guy, he just got out of prison that week, and they brought him to our meeting in Houston in December. He gave his life to the Lord. And then he gave his testimony last night and proposed to his living girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's on Instagram somewhere. Wow. <laughs> so good to see everybody on YouTube, on Facebook. And then what we've been doing is like Jesus did. He taught, then preached, then healed. So we've been doing a teaching for believers. And then I'm, uh, we're moving into divine healing at the 1230 segment when we go on DirecTV and Dish Network. And uh, this week I want to focus on faith. So wherever you are, just bow your head and close your eyes, and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this new week. We give you glory. We thank you for the testimonies that have been pouring in. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing your children. Thank you that you're a good God. We worship you, and we invoke your blessing on this week. Let this week contain massive testimonies. For every person, in Jesus' name, every issue of concern that's represented by a person that's watching or listening, I thank you that those will be taken care of before Friday. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it and we give you praise. We give you glory. You are great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord. And now use me to build faith in your people from your word this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. By the way, Adalis, my wife, her podcast is in the top 100 in several countries, 72 in uh, South, South Africa, I think 80 in Switzerland. Uh, so she's doing great. If you want to check our podcast out, you can go on, there it is. Just look up Adala Shuttlesworth on whatever you listen on, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and then you can look me up as well. You know, I'm not in the top 100, but I'm, I'm doing my best. <laughs> Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and uh, it has all this archived. On demand on YouTube for free. Any of the stuff you want to see, if you're having trouble finding me on television in Africa, you can watch any of our stuff at your leisure on YouTube. So uh, you can avail yourself to any of that. Well, 
What is faith? I heard uh, Brother Hagen in one of his old messages saying that the Lord rebuked him. He said, many of you are teaching faith, but you're teaching it from where you're at instead of where the people are at. So I, before I even heard him say that, I wanted to do that this week. We throw that around a lot. Stay in faith. Use your faith. But pe- <laughs> a lot of people don't even know what faith is. And if you do know what it is, it's good to go more in depth on it. So I want to take this first day and go in, what is faith? And a lot of times, the best way to find out what something is, is by finding out what it is not. So I'm going to show you four levels of faith in the Bible to help you understand when you see it acted out and how Jesus responded, um, it'll, it'll give you a great understanding of something that's very important. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Now I'm going to read verse 6 first to show you why this subject is so important. Hebrews 11, verse 6. The Bible says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So without faith it is impossible to please God. Why is it worth taking a week on this subject because you can't doesn't say it's hard to please God without faith. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So if people took the attitude that many times you're taught in church, well, if God wants to do it, he can do it. Let me ask you a question. If you had that attitude about your salvation, what would happen? Well, if God wants to save me, I'm ready for him to save me at any given time. You know, whenever he wants, you'll go to hell because you're not saved by God's timing. You're saved by when you actualize your faith to receive salvation. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. So the onus is on man to take that thing that God gave him called faith and put it into action to receive salvation. Subsequently, everything you receive from God is accessed by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not difficult to please God. Impossible to please God. Last night I went to church and they had uh, a man who was known as the renegade who was a hobo. I mean, lived on the streets, committed crimes his whole life. And then when he got a diagnosis that he was going to die, he said, I, you know, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do for you. You'll be dead by the end of the week. He said, I looked up to God and this, he said what his prayer was. Hey, boss, you know, n- n- the least religious, mm-hmm. least Christ-like person there could be. Hey, boss, I know you and I don't talk much, but I'm calling to you right now. I need your help. And God radically healed him, gave him a a mission where he's preaching now, has a book published, restored his family on down the line. So you see, you can be very religious and pious and get nothing. But then why did he get something that quick? He called out in faith. These people all said they they can't help me. But there was something in him that believed that God could help him. And Smith Wigglesworth said there's something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. That's what happened. But I want to point this out. He didn't have to wait until he was at death's door. Many people, and this is what I really want to pound into your spirit. Many people only go to faith when everybody else has quit on them. But you know what? The same faith that gets you out of a jam that'll get you out of a prison cell, that'll get you off of a deathbed. You can keep that faith active 
every day. Faith guys call it turning your faith loose. You know, and I want to challenge you to do that, not just today, but for the rest of this year. That's the one change I've made this year is I would say I had a habit of getting, you know, do the 21 days of prayer and fasting that, okay, that's over. And now let's get back to regular life. I'm not getting back to regular life. I want to keep my faith turned on, turned loose where I'm believing God. When I was getting ready for the program this morning, Father, let this be a supernatural week. Thank you that goodness and mercy. You know, it's easy to press into God when you're at death's door. But what you have to learn to do is not be like Samson, win a victory, go back to Delilah. No, keep, stay in the anointing, keep your confession on the word of God and keep taking ground because faith is not just to get out of a jam. After you get out of the jam, faith is now to make the devil sorry he didn't kill you when he had the chance and start taking ground from the kingdom of the devil. What is faith? Let's take the Bible, the definition out of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1, Hebrews 11, 1, and this is the Amplified Bible. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Notice that. Faith is the assurance of the things we hope for. Mm-hmm. Faith, uh, you, you have it open there or no? I have it in the Amplified. Which one do you want? Um, what verse or what version? King James is fine. Any, any of the other ones? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, I want you to notice this. Faith gives substance to hope. Faith, that's the difference between hope and faith. Faith puts substance to hope. Hope without faith is just, well, it'd be, it'd be nice to be able to take a vacation this year. Be nice to find a husband. Be nice to get a car so I don't have to take the bus. That's hope. But faith, when you find... What God has promised you here, your hope now has substance. You're not just blind. Well, be not, no, I have reason to hope. The Bible says that Abraham hoped against hope, believing that what God said. See, if God had never told him he was going to have a son, then it would be nice to have a son so I don't have to leave everything to my servant. No, but God said, I will give you a son. So now his hope had substance that even though his body was as good as dead, He hoped against hope, believing that what God said would come to pass and his body became strong and was empowered by faith. Mm -hmm. Now, faith is the assurance. Say that word with me. Assurance. Assurance. We were doing prayer and fasting. I had a lady come up to me after the the, the daytime prayer. Um, After we finished praying, had been praying for taught and then prayed for one hour. Jonathan, I don't know what I'm going to do because the... uh, you know, I have this much debt. The doctor found this wrong with me and I'm having a problem with my marriage. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, when we were praying just now, did you pray about those things? Yeah, I did. But there's no assurance. That's why the Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Oh, the good. prayer of people go through the motions, but they don't have faith. Yeah. I said, do you realize we haven't even left the sanctuary yet? Jesus. You haven't even been home to see if that debt's been paid or not. Mighty God. Why do you have an expectation that nothing we did worked? You're wasting your time. That's good. You should just stay home and watch Judge Judy. It would actually be a better use of time than going through the motions of pretending like you believe God when you don't believe anything. Wow. Faith is an assurance. When Elijah called rain down and he said, go check. Uh, there's no, 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 not even any clouds. But check again. It's impossible for me to ask my God for something and it not take place. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation. 
the title deed. If I have the title deed, I don't even have to have seen the property. I have it. Sight unseen, I have the assurance of it. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. So notice that. Faith gives substance to your hope and faith is a conviction of the reality of the thing you believe from God's word. Do you know what conviction is? Conviction is not, I hope it works. I'm just praying the Lord. That's not conviction. Conviction is, let every man be a liar. God's word is true. I have, I have what God says I have. I'm not trying to get what God says I have. I have what God says I have. And if somebody says the opposite, there's a reaction in you. What? Jonathan, your daughter is 9 pounds, 14 ounces. Babies that size usually have gestational diabetes. Not my daughter. My seed shall be mighty. I've already settled that. You're talking about somebody else's kid. That can't happen to me. I know what I have. And I know I have it from, it's not blind hope. Well, I want a healthy child. I don't want a healthy child. The Bible tells me as I obey, your seed will be mighty on the earth. Even your cattle will not miscarry. You'll have strong cows, strong sheep, strong golden retrievers. The Bible says I have a substance for my hope. I'm not hoping for a better tomorrow. God said the path of the upright. Proverbs 4.18 is like the first break of dawn, shining brighter and brighter and brighter until the full light of day. No backwards, no ups and downs. No, how many of you know you have to go to a, through a valley to get to the next mountaintop? Screw you. That's the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from, I know it from the word. It's not Jonathan said, it's the Bible says, I know what I have. This is a title deed of what God said. This is the constitution of the kingdom of God. This is what I have that God says I have. Let every man that contradicts this be a liar. God's word is true. You have a one in three chance of developing cancer. I have a zero in three chance of getting cancer with long life fully satisfy me. I don't get cancer. I pray for people who have cancer, and the overflow of what I have gets them healed. The conviction of their reality. That's where, you know, the Bible says, pray always in the Holy Ghost, building up your most precious faith. That's where people, they don't have a conviction. I know that, well, you know, doctor said that I, I have cancer, but the Lord says I'm healed. Whose report will I believe? Amen. I'll believe. You don't have, you're, you're, you're just words. You're empty words. There's no conviction. I heard a pastor that I, that I preached for was telling a story about when his son was born, there was a diagnosis that his son had all kinds of health problems. His son was now in his late 20s. So he's telling the story, the pastor, his wife comes up to him after and says, you never told me that they said that when he was born. And he said it wasn't worth repeating. That's a conviction of the reality of the word of God. You don't even entertain a thought. If a three-year-old child comes up to me today and says, you're going to get cancer. What I say, no, I'm going to believe the report. I would say, oh, that's nice. Where's your mother? I don't entertain anything that you can't tell me in here. Pastor Adeboye, his wife is in a car accident. There's shrapnel in her leg. 
He goes to get her in the hospital, and the doctor says, there's shrapnel in her leg. There's going to be all kinds of problems. Pastor Adeboye calmly opened up his Bible and said, that's not written anywhere in the Bible. So it doesn't have to be a loud conviction. It's that I'm so convinced of what God said that anything to the contrary sounds like utter foolishness, like a child talking. It's not, oh, well, the doctors, they're saying they're going to do layoffs. So who gives a crap what anyone's saying? Let every man be a liar. God's word is true. Can you say amen? Amen. Conviction of its reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's that's still that's all Hebrews 11.1 1 out of the Amplified. What is the definition of faith? Faith is the assurance. Everybody say assurance, not hope. It's an assurance that the thing I hope for will. It's the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof. Say proof. So here's words. Assurance, proof of the things we do not see and conviction of their reality. Assurance, proof, and conviction. Assurance, proof, and conviction. That's what this gives me. Well, Jonathan, just be careful, because I know a lot of ministers, you know, they've had some good years, and then you also have to remember there can be some lean years. You know, I always took as my scripture, like um, in Egypt, you know, God's, there were seven years of plenty, but then there were seven year, lean years. Yeah, I'm not Pharaoh. I'm not a pagan king <laughs> obsessed with oppressing the children of God. I'm a child of God. So that's not me. Well, Jonathan, I always like to say, um, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, God can, but even if he doesn't, no, I don't. I say what, I say what the Bible, that's not my story. They weren't, they weren't making a, a confession of doubt. Plus, they didn't have any word yet. The Psalms hadn't been written that with long life flesh. You know, how do you misconstrue this thing so badly? This is proof, conviction, and assurance for long life, health, overflowing wealth, stress-free marriage, Children that are a blessing, not a strain. It's interesting that they use those terminologies that are very like legal terms. Yeah. Where it's just title know, deed. Title deed, legal proof, evidence, what else? Conviction. These are just like they're so black and white that it just like it's just interesting to me. Faith is not throwing up requests and hoping they get granted. Faith is rooted in God's word. I have a feeling I'm not going to get to four levels of faith. Couldn't even get through <laughs> Hebrews 11.1. 1. Because. That's so important to know. Those four things, though. Same Evidence, again. assurance, proof, conviction. Because if you don't really have any of those, that's what leads to religion. Yeah. And then you just have hope. Yeah, you're like, and that's what. That's faith what gives substance to no, hope. God, I have Father, hope. Father God, Father God, please, yeah. Lord, Father God. And it's just, there's nothing, there's no substance there. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's I mean, you, you look at Floyd, the renegade, how he prayed. It was like the simplest prayer, but he had, boss, I know we don't talk much, but I need your help. Yeah. God answered him. Whereas you, 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 if he had gone to church for 30 years, Father God, I just come to you, Father God, from this hospital, Father God. And I just, Father God, I, you know, yeah. people are f- full of crap. They, yeah. 
It sounds good. And then the one guy got his prayer answered. It's like how Jesus taught. These Pharisees blow, blow trumpets and pray in the street. But then this other guy, hey, I'm a sinner. I need help. And God helps that guy and doesn't hear the other guy. It's your heart. Yeah. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Why do people talk to God like he's, you know, like an IQ of 39? Yeah. Father God, we're here in this church, Father God, that's been built, Father God, to, to Father God, see people, Father God. God's in heaven like, are you having a stroke? The Bible specifically says when you pray, don't pray like the heathen who think that's they're heard right. from their multitude of words. Right, right. Yeah. And then you're not going to, you know, notice the role that the word of God plays in having substance to your faith. I'm not throwing up a request. It's father. You said, you said, you said. So I thank you that what you said is true. I take it now. Four levels of faith. I'm going to give it the old college try before television starts. Here's the four levels of faith in the Bible. Mark chapter 6, turn there with me quickly. Mark 6. Verse 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, and because of their unbelief, he could do no mighty miracles there. This is Jesus. Because of their unbelief, not he would do none to punish them. He could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief, except to place his hands on a few sick and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. So what do you do when you're faced like, with a situation like that as a minister? You teach. Because the word of God destroys That's unbelief. That's good. Turn to Mark 9. Mark chapter 9. Verse 14. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What's all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Look how all these things center around faith. Why couldn't the demon come out? Faith. You didn't have enough faith. These faith people make everything sound like if you're having a problem, it's because you don't have enough faith. Absolutely. Fact, yeah. God forbid anybody take blame for anything that's wrong in their no life. No kidding. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. Since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. 
have mercy on us and help us if you can. That's what he said to Jesus. You know, notice, like most Christians today, he could go on for a paragraph about how the devil was wrecking his life. And then when it came time to say something positive, help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Faith level number one, if you can. I want you to notice. Well, whenever God's ready. No, when you're ready. Because Jesus could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief. And then until this guy got corrected, what do you mean if I can? All things are possible. That guy tried to throw it on God. Well, if you can do it. God, what do you mean me? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. That's how the devil messes people up. I don't know why in God's time and I know when God, God's a benevolent. What do you mean me? Build your faith. Amen. Call those things that are not as though they are. On, yes. Speak to the mountain and command it to move. Hallelujah. All things are possible if you will believe. Faith level number one, if you can. Not even sure whether God can do it or not. Faith level number two, Matthew chapter eight. So that's the lowest. If you can. Doesn't even know whether God has the power to do it. Level two, Matthew eight. Verse Verses 1 to 3, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, I know if you want to, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. But before he healed him, he corrected him. I am willing. Say that out loud. God is willing. God is willing. It's not on God. It's, a, it's up to you. God, I went in. I know if you don't, I, the, tell the servants that the table has been set. All things are ready. Pull up a chair and take all you want. I'm willing. I want to be thou made whole. Mm -hmm. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Level number two, he can. So level number one is if you can. Level number two is, I know you can. You know God has the power, but you don't know whether he'll do it for you. The devil doesn't mind if you believe that God's mighty, as long as you don't think he'll do it for you. Do you believe God can heal cancer? Oh, yeah. Do you believe he'll heal your cancer? Uh, You know, it'd be great. So then if it stays there, until that's corrected, nothing happens. Jesus, I want to. So you have to settle now. Not only... Is God all-powerful? He loves me, and he'll do it for me. He'll do it for me. If he'll do it for anybody, he'll do it for Jonathan first because he loves me at least as much as he loves everybody else. He's not only almighty, he cares about me. If he'll do it for anybody, he'll do it for me. Level number three, Mark chapter five. The woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus, Mark chapter five, and said to herself, I know when I touch him, I will be made well. Now, this lady didn't need corrected because she didn't do anything wrong. Jesus hadn't died yet. So for her to say, I know he will, was actually the highest level of faith that you could express in the Gospels. I know when I touch him, I will be made well. That's level number three. Well, what can go past level three? What can be higher than saying, I know God will? Well, I want to ask you a question. I, I know so-and-so, they, they kept saying God's going to heal them. They believe God's going to heal them, and they died. Why did they die? 
What would happen if you kept saying, I know God's going to save me. I know God's going to save me. I know God's going to save me. When you died, would you go to heaven or hell? H-E-L-L. You'd go to hell. Because it's not, I'm saying, I know God's going to do it. You have to realize that Jesus already died on the cross for your sin. And so you don't say, God, please save me. You say, Father, I know you've already paid the price for my sin. I believe that in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are my Messiah and my Redeemer. And I take my salvation because you've already done it. And so it is with healing. 1 Peter 2.24. If you have that in the Amplified, I'd love to hear it. 1 Peter 2.24. Who, who his own self bear our sins. Oh, no, that's, that's King James. No, you have it. That's King James. That's fine, though. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Read the second. By whose stripes what? Ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. Were. Level number four is the past tense. Level number three is, I know he will. That was good for the woman with the issue of blood. It's not good for you. You have to go higher. Because the woman with the issue of blood, Christ had not paid the price on the cross and broke the curse. But now we're 2,000 years later. Jesus has... That's why when people go back to Job, well, and then Job was being... I'm not Job. Job was before Jesus ever... He said, I know my Redeemer one day will come and do it, but he hadn't done it. I'm not him. Christ is already... Peter said, you still have it up? Yep. Read it one more time. First Peter 2.24. He, per, oh no, wait, yeah. First Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. How many of you know we all have sins? Get saved. He already took mine. Somebody wrote that on Twitter. That's, that's a, a preacher my age. Well, Jesus sees our sins, but he doesn't. I, I don't have any sin to see. I wasn't just forgiven. My sins were taken out of me and born in his body on the cross. Amen. Go ahead. And this is the Amplified. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for righteousness. For by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. And by his wounds, you who have believed have been healed. God, well, I believe God's going to heal me. What do you think he's going to do? You think he's going to come back from heaven and take a 40th stripe just for you? Come on. Because the other 39 weren't good enough? You have to, Jesus did it. It is done. He already took my sickness and disease. Yeah. If a symptom tries to come, who do you think you're touching? I'm healed. I was healed. And I'm never going to coming back into sickness again. Glory. It's a done deal. He's done it. Not he will do it. He's done it. He's purchased my salvation. He's purchased my healing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians, the 8th chapter. Verse 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he came to the earth and became poor, Mm -hmm. so that by his poverty he could make you rich. My prosperity was purchased. 
Yeah. Among other things, the Bible says Jesus already shed his blood that I could come in, never be broke. You should say that out loud. I'll never be broke another day in my life. It's done. I'll never be sick another day in my life. Jesus paid it. I, I, I refuse to struggle with sin. It's already been done. He's not going to do it. How many of you know one day we'll get new bodies in heaven? <laughs> no. One day I'll get a new body in heaven. But the Bible says I've already escaped the corruption of this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's done. He's not going to do it. He's done it. That's why the highest form of of prayer is to raise your hands and thank God that it's done. It's done. Father, you've done it. I worship you. I praise you. You already did it. There's not. What more can you do? It's all done. I'm going on TV. See you in two seconds. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.